0: This is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week, we try to make it a little nicer. I play a game with one contestant who is guaranteed to win because they're the only person playing. And as we go, I assign them points based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up then at the end, the winner receives a $100 donation or contribution to the charity or aid cause of their choice. And we each give a pep talk to someone or a group that we think out there in the world might need it this week because this isn't all about me. It's just mostly about me. Today's guest, today's, I almost said today's ghost, which <laughs> no, that, we've never had a ghost guest, but I'm open to it. I, I've just never had that kind of experience. Today's guest is a co-host of the beloved podcast Jordan Jesse Go and the creator and writer of Bubble, which is a wonderful sci-fi comedy podcast that is now, as of today, a graphic novel available for purchase. Welcome to the show, Jordan Morris. Boo, Josh, boo. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you were a ghost. (laughs) I don't know if
1: you're keeping in that ghost mishap. I think you should because I think we're having
0: fun with it right now. I agree. I think I think we're good. And you're keeping me on my toes as to whether you are or are not a ghost. I'll reveal that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Ooh, this is exciting. This is a twist that my podcast doesn't usually feature. A question about the, the uh, spectral realm that the guest may or may not be participating from. You know, a lot of people said that it was a waste of money
1: to bring in M. Night Shyamalan to direct a podcast. <laughs> I think it was a great move on your part, I mean yeah. let's it'll it yeah, the audience is there, they, they come for the pleasant chat and they stay for the twist.
0: That's the twist, is that there's a twist. Right. <laughs> Any twist with this podcast would be a twist. And right. I'll tell you what, Shemela knows what he's doing. He sure does, he sure does. <laughs> this is a real this is, I think this
1: episode is gonna be known, you know, in podcast circles as the lady in the water of podcasting.
0: Well, let's jump into our game. Our game today is called Science Fiction. I should have come up with a better name. This is just a thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing people love more than a fun new science fact. But Jordan, you are a science fiction writer of the excellent podcast Bubble And the brand new graphic novel of the same name, which I'm so excited to get my hands on. So I'm going to ask you a series of science questions and you will have to give me fascinating but fully made up fictitious answers. There'll be fake science facts like half of Snapple caps are, I assume. And as always, (laughs) I will judge your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Jordan Morris, are you ready to play science fiction? I I
1: love it. I just, I have a passion for world building and I think this is... I think this is right up my alley.
0: First question. What is something obscure that would be really cool to know about outer space? Okay, well, this is
1: actually a fascinating uh, thing that a lot of people don't know about outer space is that it's a great place to meet up with old friends from high school.
0: Really? What what about space fosters those interactions?
1: Well, you know, um, I don't know if you've tried to meet up with old friends from high school Josh mm-hmm. um you know you and I are both you know we're 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 a couple decades away from high school now or at least I assume it starts really exciting and then it kind of like peter's out you know it's like like oh my god like have you seen this person have you seen this person remember mm-hmm. this remember that remember the the teacher the prank the band the 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 those long Nights under the bleachers. I don't know. Um, the, the summer <laughs> those summer nights. Those summer nights. Ah, Those those hot, hot summer nights. Uh, remember at the end of high school when we flew away in a car? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was pretty cool. I'll tell yeah. you what. People talked about it. You don't see that part in Greece. But like The freshman next year would be like, is it true that two seniors flew away in a car at the end of the school year <laughs> last year? Yeah, uh, they hit a
1: plane too. It was really <laughs> <an> awful tragedy. <laughs> they, the movie Grease cuts right before they hit a plane. Just awful. It's a memorial. In to Grease
0: too. In Grease too, it, they refuse to talk about it because of grief.
1: Right. Exactly. You can see a plaque, a plaque commemorating the uh, <laughs> the deceased. Very. Yep. If, if you pause the Blu-ray at the right time,
0: Grease is every, the word. That's <laughs> what the plaque says. <laughs>
1: Um, So yeah, but also if you're meeting up with those old high school friends in space, you know, you don't get that eventual Peter out. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's this time, you know, there's this thing I think you experience. It's like once all that reminiscing is done, it's like, well, who are we to each other? You know, like, are we, what do we have to talk about? Are we, you know, what have we become in these, you know, 15, 20 years? And I think if you meet up with old, high school friends in space, like when that lull happens, you can just go like, man, this is vast, huh? <laughs> and then automatically you got something to talk about. And kind
0: Specifically like, the vastness of space.
1: Yeah, the vastness, how small we all are, is there a God, um, you know, there being a Do God and there there's... being no God are both kind of equally fantastic things to think about. Um, yes,
0: are, do you think there's life out there somewhere?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe it's not little green men, but uh, it's probably something. Look, you and I, we're, it's happening now. And, yeah.
0: You know. And there wasn't even a lull. We just hit this full stream. And no, I'm just- lull, <laughs> detective. <laughs> Was that the Beastie Boys' no sleep till Brooklyn cadence?
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yes, it's the,
1: uh, the Beastie Boys song about the awkward first date. <laughs>
0: No. No. Well, well detect it. Detected. We need one more guy.
1: We need one more guy
0: uh, to be yelling along with The third with guy would really <laughs> would really round this out nicely. But I think that is a great answer. There's so much in the environment of space to talk about with people you went to high school with. I, Like you kind of alluded to, I do think it would also be a great location for a first date. Maybe cost prohibitive in some right. cases. Right. But— the, you can't beat the ambiance.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, like you'll always remember that time when the satellite went by. <laughs> it's a
0: cute story to tell your kids.
1: It's a, yeah, it's a real yes. And you no, know, as far as meat cutes go, it's uh, you, you you can you can't really do better than that.
0: Yeah, this is a wonderful answer. This answer is going to be worth three hundred and seventeen points. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. That's what I think. I feel I feel like it's an amazing answer. Like it's a dazzling kind of expansive, awe-inspiring answer. And I wanted to give kind of a number of points that kind of similar, Willie, really would make people go like, huh, what's that all about? <laughs> what's the point of it all? <laughs> yeah, what, what is the point of it all? Next question. Moving back to Earth, what substance on planet Earth could serve as, but isn't currently being utilized as an unexpected but dense source of nutrition.
1: You know, scientists are hard at work on this, and I actually, you know, mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of scientists because, you know, as you mentioned, I write science fiction. So, you know, a lot of my days is just spent, like, talking to scientists, like, mm-hmm. learning what's up, listening. <laughs> and, yeah, actually, they're they're working on this, you know, as kind of a solution to, to hunger. Um, people, they are looking to... To kind of synthesize a nutrition-rich paste out of opinions, mm-hmm. so like people's opinions. So the idea would be that you know you could take the energy that people put forth having opinions. Yes, um, and I think you know if you if you've been online recently, you we all know that people you know put a lot of put a lot of you know just kinetic energy into into takes into hot takes. And I think sure. you know the idea would be that the the like, hotter the take, the more nutritious the paste. Okay. So, you know, something like, I know what the best fast food chicken sandwich is. Mm-hmm. That would offer about as much nutrition as a fast food chicken sandwich. Okay, got it.
0: Yeah, because it's not that hot a take. Yeah,
1: and then, you know, um, but if you wanted something that could, you know, feed a family of four, you know, for a week, you could, mm-hmm. you know, you could find someone who's like,
0: you know, The Sopranos wasn't a very good show. Right. Or like, the best James Bond movie was GoldenEye 007 for the N64. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of like the weird nuclear brain gymnastic energy that, that fueled that could, would be enough to feed a family.
1: Right, yes. yeah, uh, uh, Right, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the best book is this eczema pamphlet I got at the doctor. <laughs> And the idea is that, you know, maybe you'll say these opinions, you know, rather than like, you know, saying them online or saying them like loudly at a bar, you know, you'll say them
0: into a tube and that starts the paste synthesis. I love that. And you'd be like, honey, I brought home, I'm not a Scientologist, but Dianetics really works as a work of literature on its own. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I want to eat a little lighter. I already had
1: the Star Wars (laughs) prequels were good for lunch.
0: This is excellent. Gosh, this answer is worth 450 points, which is, of course, the number of calories in the take. If Michael Jordan were playing in today's NBA, he would not play on the same team as LeBron James, even if they were uh, under contract to play together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow the NBA, but I realize that's a hot take. <laughs> it's very, a very weird opinion to have. <laughs> I don't know that anyone does, but 450 points... Next question. Who is an unsung hero of science from any point in history, and what should I know about them?
1: Yeah. Um, um, and again, like I said, I, I, I deal with a lot you of scientists. scientists. You talk to a lot of scientists. And you said you ask
0: them, what's up? <laughs> I what asked you them, what's said. up? <laughs> Which, I've read your column, What's Up, in the New England Journal of How's It Hanging, and I think the <laughs> interviews you do with these scientists is tre- are they're tremendous. It's a very chill journal. <laughs> very chill. It's very chill. It's the only journal edited by pop singer songwriter Jack Johnson.
1: Right, exactly, and uh, it doesn't really come out monthly. It kind of just comes out whenever it's ready. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You can't rush these things. You cannot
1: rush these things. Everybody's just so busy, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's actually kind of a hero of science that has gone um, unrecognized, you know. Low these many years. It's uh, Janine Eggs, and she was the mm-hmm. first person to ever have breakfast for dinner. Wow. Is it Pete? Why had no one done it before? Uh, well, uh, I mean, the short answer is uh, the Pope. It <laughs> kind of goes back to the papal decrees of the Dark Ages. Once, you know, once people started having different kinds of food. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, in, you know, throughout history, there's only been, you know, for, for most of human history, there's only been, you know, one or two kinds of food. But, you know, kind of once the Enlightenment happened and, sure. you know, people kind of started diversifying their diet, um, you know, the church wanted to keep people um, shackled. Um, yeah. So they kind of came up with the idea of no meal before its time, no meal before its time, and I think oh, that was what pi- the expression
0: comes from. Yeah, I feel that, like that's it's re- like the fifth. I've, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I've read that and heard kind of people describing that as like an ethos, but I didn't realize that it had been a papal edict.
1: It was. Yeah, and people yeah. took it very seriously, and um, you know, there was just a free. A free thinker named Janine Eggs, who in 1970 um decided <laughs> took till 1970. To took till that was the first year that someone had breakfast for dinner. A lot of people can maybe will say that it happened before then, but they're yeah. lying. They're liars. <laughs>
0: 1970, Janine Eggs, breakfast for dinner, kind of defying church in favor of kind of a more flexible rationality-based. System of sometimes you want eggs for dinner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think just like what it boils down to is that she's fun. She's fun. (laughs) And, you know, just some of these naturally fun people come up with ideas like, hey, why don't we have pancakes for dinner? Yeah. I mean she was kind of she wasn't you know it, it wasn't the breakfast for dinner that we know today she still had a salad with it she still had a green like a, a <laughs> it was mixed pancakes green salad and a salad yeah it was pancakes and a salad so you know like obviously she was she was early to the game and you know breakfast for dinner innovators would you know things 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 grow over time I think like you mentioned you know with with Michael Jordan, the game has changed so much but yeah i mean she was the she was the first to do it and um you know I think if you you know or ever like having one of those like all day hangovers
0: and don't get to your ego waffle until 6 p.m. you have heard a thank genie and eggs some people i've heard credit Leonardo da Vinci for theoretically inventing breakfast for dinner uh, because he drew those sketches of, like, an omelet under the stars. Right. But I don't think it's quite, like, that's just theory, right? It's not practice.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, obviously, you know, he drew diagrams for a flying right. machine and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, obviously, yes, he was a great thinker, but, I mean, I think, you know, the fact that he wasn't able to put it into practice is yeah. just a testament to the great genius of Janine Eggs.
0: <laughs> Janine Eggs is uh, an, an icon and I'm glad to know about her an icon this, an- this is a terrific answer this answer is worth 5.30 which is like a pretty good time to have a little breakfast for dinner yeah that is a nice time that is a nice time because <laughs> if you want something else a little more substantial later you could probably yeah, have it yeah right right. bowl of cereal at 5.30 little sandwich later yeah see how you feel see how you feel yeah. depends on how long you're you're going to be up this is, yeah, absolutely next question no, there are a lot of theories about this, but how would the world change if time travel were possible?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and again, scientists are working on this, and I think that the main thing that would change if time travel were possible is that, um, you know, everyone would just have great comebacks all the time, because you sure, know, that, you know, I think when you when you have the opportunity for a comeback, you know, you can you can never think of it. And then always, I think the fantasy is, when you know, when you're laying in bed, post when the comeback should have happened, you're like, ah, this is the perfect comeback. And now I think, you know, hopefully, you know, by the end of the year when the time machine comes out, people can just go back and rectify
0: that. First of all, bombshell news that there's going to be a time machine completed and available by the end of this year. I think yeah, I mean, or early, early next year.
1: But yeah, they're trying to have it out uh, before the holiday.
0: <laughs> um and that it's mostly going to be used for comeback related time travel purposes are you worried at all about um human progress being delayed by what one might call a comeback loop, right? Where you, someone zings you, you travel back to zing that person, they travel back to zing you, and then like your life becomes kind of a series of traveling back in time to the next moment for the next perfect zinger.
1: Uh, Yes, right, the comeback snake eating its comeback tail. Right, right. do our lives just become-
0: An Ouroboros of jerk store, (laughs) as as it were. Right
1: um yeah boy josh i I honestly hadn't thought about that, and I think that is um, boy, that shows a lot of like forethought and kind of creative thinking on your part. Um, Thank you. yeah, I don't know if this is something to let the time machine scientists know about. I don't know why I didn't see it before. I mean, obviously, in the testing phase, I think it's important just to have one of the control group go back and zing Hitler and then see what happens.
0: <laughs> I yeah right. I I mean I feel like that's a lot of people who want to go back and zing baby Hitler. Right. Yeah. I think we all fantasize God. about that. <laughs> if you zing <laughs> Hitler making as fun a baby, of an Austrian baby. <laughs> even if you zing baby Hitler, there's no way, like a Hitler can travel back into because the baby doesn't have that. Cognitive capacity to zing you back. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But you know, will it lodge in the baby's, you know, subconscious somehow? I mean, obviously, that's mm-hmm. a very influential time in our life, and will, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe Hitler won't, you know, do what he did just because he'll become obsessed with crafting the perfect comeback.
0: That's right. Yeah. To that adult
1: that <laughs>
0: that poofed <laughs> into his room.
1: <laughs> That strangely dressed adult that poofed into his room, zinged him, and then got out. Leaning
0: over a crib. (laughs) being like, dumb mustache, you idiot baby. (laughs) (laughs) Nice comb over. (laughs) Um, Incredible answer. I think this is very, it's not only realistic, it's prescient for you to describe it that way. Very excited for the upcoming launch. Who is releasing this time machine? Uh, Xbox? <laughs> so it's a Microsoft project. But it's a Microsoft project. Under yeah, the it'll Xbox, come out under the Xbox. Under the Xbox label. Yeah, kind of product lie. <laughs> I love it. This is an incredible answer. I would say um, this answer is worth 366 points. That's how many days on a leap year I would be consumed with crafting perfect comebacks <laughs> to go back in time for. Next question. What is a niche field of scientific study that most people don't know much about but is actually really compelling?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is really exciting. Um, and, you know, you can read about this in various journals. But um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of great, a lot of really interesting work going on in the field of uh, target sign studies. Oh, tell me more. So, yeah. So, you know, the signs you buy at Target. They're like kind of fun, kind of quirky signs that you could put up, you know, in like... Oh, sure.
0: Yes, yes. You know, yes, in yes, your yes.
1: kitchen, in your... You know, you're in your guest house or whatever, just to let people sure. know that like you're, you know, like you're kind of fun. Sure. Um but I think, you know, just target being target and kind of wanting to do everything right, all these signs have to be accurate. They have to be scientifically
0: accurate. So So like when you see a sign that says it's wine o'clock somewhere, that has been rigorously tested so that you know that it is, in fact, wine o'clock somewhere.
1: Absolutely. And that's just a great example, Josh, because, yeah, I mean, I think they, you know, took a look at wine consumption around the world, kind mm-hmm. of took into account various time zones, yep. uh, jet streams, things like yeah. this. Um, yeah. And that is a, like, legitimate, unimpeachable, sound scientific fact that it is always wine o'clock somewhere. It's uh, when the kids leave for school, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah kind of what they're working to crack now is
0: adding another
1: L word onto the end of live, laugh, love I know that
0: like a lot of your work with scientists you're bound by non-disclosure agreements but like are, is there anything that's under consideration that you think people that's in the public interest
1: yeah and you know and i don't take ndas very seriously fuck it right <laughs> um, so I can, what i could tell you is yeah they're looking to add another l because i mean it is scientifically possible to live laugh and love at the same time right so you know uh they're they're looking at larp um live action role playing <laughs> live laugh love larp um <laughs> Again, we're just kind of seeing if that holds up to the scientific method.
0: If, right. If it's if it's physically possible or if it's just theoretically right. possible.
1: Can one live, laugh, <laughs> love, Laf, and love LARP and at LARP. the same
0: time? We, we don't know. We don't know. That's why we ask questions. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize the rigor that went into these signs.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they just want you to know that when you— um, you know, when you buy a sign that says "Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee," mm-hmm. that it's a stone cold fact. It's not just something cute that you're hanging in your kitchen.
0: Right. It's like things will go wrong. The fabric of space time is in jeopardy. Exactly. Exactly. Hitler's gonna come through a portal and start <laughs> zinging
1: us. <laughs> we don't need that.
0: <laughs> I'm coming to the future for insults. <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, that's this is Hitler's priority?
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, this is huge. That's what happens. That's what happens when Target releases an inaccurate sign.
0: <laughs> Hitler,
1: Hitler comes through around. a portal
0: and makes fun of you. It insults you. 1975 <laughs> called, it wants its shirt back. Hitler, how do you know about
1: 1975? <laughs> I have a time machine. <laughs> So you've just been
0: visiting all years? Yes, <laughs> to make fun of shirts. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right, all right, yeah. Hitler. I guess if this this is an improvement <laughs> on on the way you used to use your time. <laughs> Excellent answer. This answer is worth two hundred ninety nine points. <laughs> Which is like a clearance price for a scientist.
1: No, yeah, you're going to want to grab a couple at that price.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we would be foolish not to. Yeah, get a couple. You'll you'll give them
1: as gifts. Even if you don't use them yourself, you'll probably want to give them as gifts later.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Final question. Tell me about science's most ambitious and controversial plan to reverse climate change.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, like, obviously something climate change scientists are kind of fighting against is like public opinion. You know, they mm-hmm. think there's a lot of people who who don't believe it's real, who think that it's, you know, kind of like liberal propaganda. Or, sure. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that like, you know, once once the public gets more on board, you know, with these kind of like, ideas on like how to combat climate change like things will be a lot easier so i mean i think they're kind of looking to sway public opinion um just through a real kind of populist form of entertainment and i sure. think um i think i can break the news here that um the next uh, fast and furious movie will be uh only in priuses <laughs> so the next film in the fast saga uh, will be just Priuses, and you know, like obviously, I think kind of the hardcore fans maybe want to see the muscle cars or they want to see the tuners, but like, you know, I think there's just gonna be this moment where like the beat drops on a Jaw Rule song, and Vin Diesel slaps on the coexist sticker, and people are <laughs> gonna be fucking in it.
0: Yeah. There was a brief moment when you said the movie will be only in Priuses. I thought you meant it would only be screened in Priuses. Oh, so you'd have to purchase a Prius to see the film. It
1: will. It will come standard in the Prius.
0: <laughs> like on the little, the little uh, display. the little readout that, that yeah, shows, shows when your you're Bluetooth. backing up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the backup camera of Priuses is the only place you can see the movie. Um. <laughs> But no, I'm no. It will. They it will have a theatrical release, and um, you know, just all of the action will take place in and around all the vehicles will be pre Wow.
0: Um.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Um. You know, there's not a live I've seen a copy of the script. There's not a lot of heists, but they do go to a farmer's market and they bring their own cloth bags. <laughs> this is huge. Absolutely. I mean, and I think you know, like on Earth, all of us we're we're family. We're family. <laughs> the human race, and if we don't take care of La Familia. Yes. What What do we got? What do we got? We got nothing.
0: Gosh, this is just an incredible answer. This answer is worth 200 points because that's how many minutes long I want this movie to be. I would like it to be three and one third hours long. See, the director's cut. (laughs) Well, this was an incredible round of gameplay. And that brings us to the end of our game of science fiction. Your final score is... 2,162 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Jordan Morris, how do you feel? Wow, I'm amazing. <laughs> As this week's grand prize winner, you have won a $100 contribution to the cause of your choice. Where will the money be going?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, I would love for my prize money to go to 826LA. Uh, it is a Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's a great organization. I've, I've, I've done a little volunteering with them. They're so cool. Uh, they sent me a little blurb to read uh, so I don't mess up. Their mission statement. Uh, 826LA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting students ages 6 to 18 with their creative and expository writing skills and to helping teachers inspire their students to write.
0: I love that. That's a great choice. And I will put the information to donate to 826 in the show notes and on the show's social media if people are interested in making their own donations. We'll be right back with Pep Talks. But first, a quick word from our sponsor this week, Kitlender. If you're going camping this summer, Kitlender gives you a great way to easily and affordably rent top of the line gear for your trips. You don't have to pack stuff up. You don't have to make these big upfront purchases of a ton of camping equipment that you're going to use once or twice. You just order it from Kitlender and you, you rent it and it ships right to your destination, free shipping and returns. Full kits of tents and all rented to you at just 10% of the average cost to purchase. Experience more and haul less with Kitlender. Head to kitlender.com, K-I-T-L-E-N-D-E-R.com. And use code MMD10. That's Make My Day Ten for a ten percent discount on your next order. That's KitLender.com, and MMD10 is the code for ten percent off. It's a nice way to make your camping experience a little easier when, when you're when you're out in the in the wilderness. Enjoy. And now back to the show. Our final segment this week will be pep talks. As always, Jordan and I will each give a pep talk to someone or a group that uh, we think deserve it or need it this week, I'll go first. My pep talk is for philosophers. So it's probably been rough for you to find work as philosophers lately. Occasionally churning out a treatise on the nature of humanity and hanging out talking to your nine followers in a cave doesn't pay as well as it used to. Not to mention, what we now consider philosophy is generally the post-facto explanation for how someone got rich, The Tracts are business books called Grab Life by the Ass Cheeks and Squeeze or Tongue Kiss Your Fears and Never Call Them Back. And they tell the life story of how a wealthy person got wealthy, maximizing the hustle and grind and minimizing any inheritance they received from a grandparent who made a fortune patenting a soap dish for military submarines in the 1920s. And that's disheartening, sure. But it doesn't mean your insights are any less valuable. People are still yearning to know how the world works and why. The fact that charlatans are able to sell books based on that premise doesn't mean people are bad. It means they're searching for answers, and you can't blame them for sometimes listening to the loudest voices shouted by the men in the most expensive suits or on the most popular podcasts. If I think Therefore I Am dropped now, people would lose their minds for it. We're all still looking for answers. It's just that the worst people have figured out how to monetize that uncertainty. So keep pondering why we're here and how we should treat one another, and what it all means. And hey, you're way less likely to be murdered with hemlock these days. (laughs) Jordan, the floor is yours for a pep
1: talk. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to give a quick pep talk to um, upstairs neighbors. Hey, upstairs neighbors. It sounds like you're having a tough time getting your furniture in just the right place. (laughs) It seems to be stressing you out so much that you feel like you need to push a couch around at 1 a.m., Don't let it drive you crazy. Lean into one of the other hobbies you apparently have, like Irish step dancing or (laughs) dropping a jar of marbles on the floor. And don't worry. If it's one less thing to worry about, I'm happy to throw your Amazon package in the lobby (laughs) if the delivery person leaves it outside the door.
0: (laughs) A beautiful pep talk. Upstairs neighbors really need to hear it. I think they'll be very heartened by it. And that's been our show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Jordan Morris. Jordan, where can people find you and your work, especially the new Bubble graphic novel?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, Bubble. It is a uh, graphic novel based on the sci-fi comedy podcast from Maximum Fun. I uh, co-wrote it with a great writer named Sarah Morgan. Um, The kind of art and adaptation is done by uh, an awesome comic books artist uh, named Tony Cliff. Uh, He does the Delilah Dirk series. Uh, The colors are by Natalie Reese, uh, who does the Dungeon Critters series. And... Uh, it's a, a four grown ups comic with uh, a, a lot of gore and sex jokes about a kind of near future where everybody lives in bubble cities and uh, they're they're tied to a kind of life and death hunger games version of the gig economy. And uh, yeah, there's uh, robots and monsters and blood fountains and penis jokes. And uh, I hope everybody checks it out. You can get it
0: uh, wherever you get your books or comic books. Wonderful. That's that's so great. I'll and I'll put links to that in the show notes and on the show's social media. Thank you so much, Jordan. This has been a real pleasure. Uh, listeners, if you have your own answers to today's game of science fiction, tweet them at me at Josh Gondelman or at Make My Day Pod. And that's the show. Make my day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.